0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
2: The Snooze Flip is the most universal mattress on the planet, a mattress that is designed to fit everybody and everybody. Snooze Mattress is introducing the world's first four-in-one mattress where you can choose from soft, firm, cool, or cozy. Flip it to choose your comfort level and zip it with our reversible and washable temperature-regulated cover. What you want today might not be what your body needs tomorrow. You buy one mattress to last eight years, but a lot can change in that amount of time as you get fitter, heavier, and older. Customize your comfort, zip it, Flip it and choose your snooze. Did you know a study at UC Berkeley suggests that couples who struggle to sleep well fight more often? We spend half of our lives asleep, and for some of us, we spend 100% of that time sleeping alongside our significant other. The snooze flip split king it would allow couples to customize their sleep for more restful nights and without sleeping in different rooms. Don't sacrifice your sleep for your partner. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new count to get amazing odds boost every single day. Rudo, AJ, and Jesse coming at you live, talking about uh, what the what the abs forward core might kind of look like going forward. As not only is Nathan McKinnon out long term, if you haven't watched yesterday's show, go listen to the boys talk about JT Confer being out for a month. We're uh, gonna start a little bit further down the lineup today, though, because obviously last Friday, Saturday. Last Saturday, the Avs claimed Nick Albe Kubel uh, from the Philadelphia Flyers, and now with a couple practices under his belt, everything in order, it does certainly look like he will be in the lineup. So, AJ, I know you've uh, you've already done a deep dive piece on him, uh, so go check that out on the DNVR.com, but let's get into some expectations for Kubel. With the abs here, what are what are you feeling from him, or what what do you think he's going to start with for this team?
1: Well, I really and we talked about this briefly yesterday, but I really like uh, the Joe's new hook Abe Kubel combination. Okay, uh, that I think is going to be something that gets a probably a longer look than him on the first power play unit, which is where he was today and was kind of like news of the day. A right shot guy in JT Confer spot on the top power play unit. Like, okay, um, we'll we'll see we'll see how long that lasts. But I at five v five man, I really do like that that lineup um, because I think it's three guys like Tyson Tyson Jost needs. I don't know if it's an attitude change. But he needs to shoot the puck. He needs a little bit more of an aggressive mentality when he has the puck. Uh, He makes a lot of good plays, like that pass that he made to Newhook, where it didn't look like Newhook was 100% ready for it uh, last weekend, last Saturday, was great. Like, that, it was a good play. He frequently makes nice passes to teammates, but doesn't look to create his own shot at all. And I think Abe Cabell... With with his board work and his physicality could help could help. Is there more opportunity
2: for Tyson Joe's to play a, a more shooter style role that way? If if Kubel is the guy grinding and and doing yeah. the dirty
1: work. Well, and and with with Abe Kubel doing doing that you know, fulfilling that role, and then Newhook as the play just the natural playmaker that he is, um, and just the dynamic talent that he is on offense uh i think it it could it could certainly help jost a lot we we figured out that jost just can't (laughs) he just he just won't take that chance i guess he just doesn't he doesn't seem confident in his ability to shoot the puck he doesn't uh he doesn't aggressively look for it he doesn't just throw pucks at the net it's always he's always trying to make the next play. He's always trying to make the the little the little pass. I mean, and it's, it's interesting, and obviously various <laughs> games played year to year here, so
2: don't take too much from it. But every year of Tyson Joe's career, he's now scored less goals. His first full rookie year, yeah. he had twelve. The next year, eleven, then eight, then seven. Now he has one in twelve games so far this year. Yeah, and and his shot metrics, the first couple of years were relatively the same but you're starting to see the number of shots he takes come down a little bit too. Yeah. So
1: just his shot attempts in general per game. They're yep. they're 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 trending in the wrong direction. Yep. Uh and like that alone I don't think would be concerning, but we've seen him pass up
2: Green good a scoring chances, chances like yeah.
1: Good scoring chances trying to constantly make the extra well, pass and, or and make it ones, a, a nice play.
2: Right, the ones that hurt are the quality scoring chance where he opts to try and make a pass through a defender, and just takes a quality opportunity and turns it into nothing. Yep. So, well,
0: and what's going to be interesting for me because we're you know we're talking about Abe Kubel, you know, and 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 what he's got to do, and and what's going to be interesting to me is because again they've got him slotted in on PP one. He made a comment yesterday saying that he felt a little kind of miscast uh, in his, in his role in Philly. And I know AJ, you were wanting to talk about that as someone who watches good amount of flyers games. Um, so I'm gonna be curious to see what type of finish this dude actually has to his game. And, uh, you know, after every rep on the power play, he was talking to the coaches. They were kind of telling him, Hey, here's where you want to be. Here's where that puck's coming to you. They like that right shot in the middle. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see Jost now with New Hook and if Abe Kubel actually does have some finish to his game, um, just what that combination actually looks like. It's, it's going to be interesting.
1: Yeah, we don't have uh, a great idea of what kind of finisher he is. Right. Because his rookie year, his true rookie year uh, two years ago, He had a really high shooting percentage. And then last year, he had a really low shooting percentage. It was, so that's, like, that's a, the truth is almost always somewhere in between a 14% and then a 5% year. Uh, Most guys settle in, in that eight-ish range, eight, eight, nine range. Uh, But he is, if you, if you look at, like, he fires pucks at the net if you look at his actual shot attempts in games he's he's right around 2 per game shot attempts not shots on goal just shot attempts so he's at least like willing to throw pucks in the general direction of the net but he that's it's not going to be like he's going to play the loc role the 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 job that loc is being asked to do on the top line go hit people go jar pucks loose go win board battles that's going to be his job and leave all the leave all the fun shit to the other two guys. You're going to go do the dirty work. And with Jost, we're what's interesting is that we've seen he has embraced the dirty work over the last couple of years. As he's under, as it's became it's become obvious he's not a top six type of player. Uh, he's a guy that has embraced doing the dirty work, the take a hit to make a play type stuff, and he just hasn't. He he hasn't really developed a lot of that killer instinct and a lot of that uh, the finishing as Rudo talked about his goals are going down they're they're trending in the wrong direction and it almost looks like he's more comfortable being a role player because he not a lot of is being asked of him where he can just go and hit a guy and jar a puck loose and win a board battle and go do go do the things that coaches love but don't end up on highlight reels. And and that's where that's where Abe Kubel is going to fit with this trio, with, specifically in this trio where he's going to start out. You know, if he moves around a little bit, then his job might change, but Abe Kubel is that's that's where he's going to go and fit in with this with this trio. And so it it has to change Tyson Jost a little bit. His his mindset has to change a little bit. Is
2: so in if we're talking about knack, is he a third line player here? Is this line a proper third line that you expect to get out of it? Or is this the we're still gonna play helm and that and that crew as the real third line?
0: Well no, I I, I, I think that's kind of up to Abe Kubel, right? Like like yeah. th- th- and I think that's kind of what you're trying to figure out. I think the abs are kind of saying, Hey, we are betting on the fact that we think this guy can be a middle six player for us. Uh, I mean, you know, third line. Um, and I don't know. Maybe this is going a little too far because, like we've said, he's he's obviously an upgrade over some of your call ups. But to me, it's almost one of those things where it's like, yeah, you kind of have a because what is it? It's thirty days, right? Where if you claim a player off waivers, you got to keep him in your lineup for thirty days. I think it's kind of one of those things like, hey, you (laughs) don't don't
1: have to. I mean, you can you can send him down, but then he just goes back to the floor. Whoever had him can take him back and then send him down for free.
0: So it's like, cool. You've got 30 days to prove that you're a third line player. Well, and what's different
1: about Abe Kubel is that he really do, Yeah. He actually does have 30 days. You have confidence in it because Nathan McKinnon and JT Confort, both just got yep. hurt for a month. They're yep. not coming yep. back. So. so you're like, you're like, okay, well, um, this is a dude that this, that he's got 30 days. You know, he's, yeah. you have, you have one month to to prove that you belong somewhere in this lineup because it's In not hard to see when, when JT Comfort comes back, uh, that that you have suddenly a right wing when you get healthy, you, you have a right wing depth chart that has Miko Rantanen, and Andre Burkovsky Logan O'Connor, and Nicholas Abe Kubel. And then maybe JT Comfort, depending on where they want to use him, whatever. But this is this is Abe Kubel's audition. He's got a month uh, uh to, to audition for a permanent job in Colorado. And yeah. we'll get into this a little bit
2: more in the second period. I don't want to jump into it quite yet, but but part of Kubel's audition here is not can he be better than JT Comfort, but can he better be better than Jason Megna? Yeah. Or, or well, in this Shirtwood. case in this case
1: it's Kiefer Sherwood, yeah. Yeah.
2: Either way. I mean, again, we'll talk about that more in a little bit. Sure. But uh so for the current makeup Kubel is a guy who this year has under ten minutes of ice time per game in the little he's played with the Flyers. But in his first two years, he was playing closer to eleven or twelve. Yeah, um, is is that eleven or twelve number more realistic
1: for him in Colorado? I think I think right in the eleven to twelve range is perfect for that line to, at, at even strength because Newhook yep. will get power play time, Jost will get PK time, Kubel might get uh, power
2: play time too the, based well, on today.
1: And Abe <laughs> Kubel will obviously. Is obviously going to get power play time tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see uh, how long that we'll see, lasts. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, I think I think obviously he's he's getting it tomorrow. So um, that's mm-hmm. like cool for them. That that's and great for him. It's an opportunity.
0: Yeah. But the, the
1: number one thing that Abe Kubel has got, if he's going to make a change from what happened in Philly. The one thing that he has to do is he can't take so many goddamn penalties. Yeah, when you go and you look at the numbers, he was fourth on the Flyers last year in minors taken. Minors taken, it was like 49 minutes and or something in 50 games. <laughs> like, it's like, bro, if you are if you are fourth in uh, on your team in penalties taken. And you're playing eleven minutes a night. You're taking too many penalties, and I and I specifically looked up minors because majors almost are always right. fighting majors. Very if, rarely it's a are they like thing, major yeah. majors. Yeah. Uh, so it's just it, it's not. It's he he has to he has to cut down on the amount of penalties that he takes. He draws a decent amount, uh, but him drawing penalties is outweighed because he takes more of them yeah. quite a bit more for a role player too. like when you're drawing as mentally as many penalties as like Claude Giroux is like it's you're great. You're doing, you're, you're doing a good job there. But when you take that many and you're not the, the other thing is that he, in Philly anyway, he wasn't a specialist in any way. He's not right. a face-off guy. He's not a PK guy. He's not a power play guy. He just skates around for eleven minutes and hits stuff. You know, eleven minutes a night. He's just a little wrecking ball. That's it. That's that's kind of what he did in Philly. Is that he just he just sort of bowling balled his way around the ice and ran into stuff for eleven minutes uh and occasionally would chip in a point here and there. The penalties is a very real problem though. He cannot do that. I mean he it, cannot do that. The player you just described
2: sounds suspiciously like what Logan O'Connor is for the abs already. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and we don't really know what Avi Cabell's again, he's had two very, very different pro sure. years. So we don't really know like you don't have a comfortable feeling about what his actual upside is going to be.
0: Well and 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 the other thing too, you know, with that Logan O'Connor comparison, the reason that he's kind of not kind of the, the the reason he's sticking the lineup and working his way up the depth chart is because he brings that effort every, he brings it every night. He also doesn't, you know, he doesn't have the penalty issues that Abe Kubel does. And now this year, you know, he has started to finish a little bit more. So that's something that's going to be really important. I think for, for Abe Kubel, especially playing in the couple of rules that have at least got him slotted in right now. Cool. How efficient are you in doing what we need you to do while also, you know, by your own words, you are suited to provide more offense than than the oppor- than what you had the opportunity to do in Philadelphia. You now have to go do everything you did well in Philadelphia, cut down the penalties, and start contributing offensively. And, and if he can do that, great. He's going to find himself a permanent home. But I think the point that AJ was making just a minute ago is, man, you've got 30 days on a team that, has, that is pretty comfortable with their right side when fully healthy. So you are going to have to earn this, you know, that, that, that roster spot. And if it's, if it's copy paste of what he was doing this season in Philly, uh, cool. See you never it, in December. You know uh, what I mean?
1: Yeah. It, well, it, it doesn't last. This is, this is, as, as the title of the show today would indicate, this is, what does he have to do to hang? How, how can he be? Because at 25 years old, and a guy that does throw the body. He's precisely the kind of role player that fills the archetype of what they need. But. In yeah, in theory. But you can't. You, the, you've already got the NHL trying to penalize Nazem Kadri for breathing. Okay. Like, you, you can't have another guy that's just out there. Constantly. Getting yeah. To the rolling box. in yeah. penalties. Yeah, that's. But I will say the one nice thing is that at least with him taking a penalty, you're not worrying about taking an ace penalty killer off the board.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and honestly, that that is another one of those things that he, in my mind at least, kind of does have to overcome a little bit. Usually players that kind of fit his, you know, his, his mold are penalty killers. If you're not going to be killing penalties – And on top of that, if you're going to be taking a lot of penalties, like you've got to make that up in other areas. Um, You know, I mean, someone like Matt Calvert literally made a career out of it, doing exact to your point, Rudo, exactly what AJ defined earlier, and being good on the penalty killing stuff. You you can find a way to stick. You don't have that penalty killing aspect to your game. You got to find a way to make up that value somewhere else.
2: It's really, really hard to be a bottom six player and not penalty kill in the NHL. It's really
1: hard. Well, and not penalty kill and not play on the power play. Yeah, one of the two. Like, it's really, really, really difficult to be a bottom six guy that does not play on a special teams unit. You just kind of hang out. You're like, all right. Pelly gets called. I know that I'm going to spend the next 2 minutes just sort of sitting here. Yeah. You know, like it really limits your value as a player. Yeah. Uh, to, to a team because well, you're not going to use them on that unit. You're not going to use them on that unit. All you use them at is is even strength and like, okay. You know, like you're already you're already getting uh right now anyway you're getting double duty out of guys like Jost and Nachushkin with power play and special teams um so if if this guy if you put if they moonlight him on the power play and it gives that guy just a, the other one of these other guys just a little bit of extra rest mainly Jost cuz you're not going to take Nachushkin off he's just been too good this year um then you know maybe there's your upside is that you end up with a little more well-rounded Little, little more well-rounded player, a little more well-rounded team, but we'll, see, you know, we'll, we'll see how he does. Um, I mean, because think about this- it's, it is, it is genuinely, it's a little weird to me that a guy that really likes to hit people, guy that doesn't shy away from the dirty parts of the game, and a guy that puts up good defensive metrics early in his career, anyway, uh, and not, they're not, they're not like atrocious now. It hasn't been used on a penalty
0: kill. Well, and if you look at this team's entire bottom six win healthy, I, I can't think of anyone that doesn't get special teams work. Yeah. I mean, you have uh,
1: Darren Helm and Logan O'Connor and Tyson Jost and Val Nashushkin should be your four PK killers. guys. Yep.
0: And I mean, Comfer even, you know, moonlights on the PK. and he's well, he plays, he plays pretty more steadily PK-
1: he, he plays more pk than he fucking should just given his career but
0: well, it is what it is
1: like that's five guys that you're already like right. they're going to play the pk <laughs> there's right, one right. spot maybe in the bottom six well, that, yeah then, that you occasionally use cuz he's not a faceoff guy he's taken Abe bell's taken like four faceoffs in his whole career Yep.
0: And, and then of those of those five players you just listed just comfort jost seven. and Nachushkin all get regular power play time as well like yeah yep yeah, the, the, he he's gonna have to come in. And, the more, <laughs> the more we talk through it, like I hope he doesn't listen to this because he's just gonna be sitting here listening to it. Like, whoa, I gotta do all of that because like it, it is like it's it's gonna take <laughs> well, a lot. It's for really,
1: it's really hard. And and the the what's intriguing though is that he's 25. He's got a couple of years of RFA eligibility left, so you're not. You know, like this, he's he's yes. a guy that you could easily give a cheap deal to in a year if the you know in the off season if this does work out for you. Um, can he play the left side? Can he move? You know, because I one thing right now it's really easy to just drop him into the lineup. As things get healthier, I think it would be interesting to see if they try, especially if he's playing well, try and move him around a little bit and give him different looks and see if he can give you some versatility can, somewhere. Yeah. Can yeah. he help you on the left side? Can he, you know, cause if you, uh, if if he works out really well and you, you know, you're looking ahead, if he sticks, you don't bring back Darren Helm next year because you have him on the left side and Logan O'Connor on the right side. You got two little bowling balls. that just smash into stuff together, you know, and then you just need to pull the trigger and put Tyson Chost in the middle of them. But it's like, you know, like there's there's potential there, so it's it's easy to see the upside. It's also easy to understand why Philly was comfortable but, moving on. That the, the downside was just the con the cons outweighed the pros, and they got healthy and they were comfortable with guys like Zach McEwen instead. The question that I have is, can they pay him in brick brew, which you can get
2: down at the DNVR bar, eight different kinds on tap? Probably not. Yeah, I, I imagine not, but. You can get it if you're watching the show. Go to your local liquor store. I'm sure they have at least a few of their flavors. If you're looking for a specific one, use the Breck Beer Locator online. Also keep your eyes peeled for their Good Company Hard Seltzers. Uh, they're delicious. I, I don't I don't understand how they made alcohol taste like candy, but uh, they did. So if you like candy alcohol, go try their seltzers. And then make sure you're taking care of your teeth with Green Mountain Dental Group, just 15 minutes from downtown. Super easy to get to. And when you sign up for a cleaning x-ray and exam with them you can uh you can get yourself a free sonic air toothbrush so you're you're cleaning your teeth well at home too aj's making weird faces over here
1: the leafs traded for kyle clifford that sounds like an old boy leafs club thing to do so clifford cleared waivers and then the leafs traded future considerations for him interesting i mean i
2: guess they have the the versatility to move them up and down yeah, they've got 30 days now to do whatever, but also weird yeah. in general.
1: It's like I, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. But Toronto does weird shit all the time. They sure do. Uh
2: less weird shit is as, as the conversation you guys are starting to get into here in the second period. Um, yes, you have Kubel coming into this lineup. And it's for the next month, which is all we really need to focus on right now. He's going to have a spot in the lineup. There's going to be guys like Sherwood. There's going to be guys like Megna, Also in this lineup that are part of the reason why the Avs need so much out of Kubel, right? They're already running two dudes in the lineup that essentially, at least offensively so far, have done pretty much nothing. Uh, I think Megna has one secondary assist that he barely even touched the puck on, and that's it for that production there. Uh, but the other side of that conversation is other options there. You have Martin Cout, who practiced by himself today. Uh, yeah. You have down the line a little bit someone like a Sampo Rants, or maybe more importantly, a Mikhail Maltsev uh, in the AHL that kind of wondering. Is that guy ever going to get a call up again he's killed the AHL so far
1: so look if he just keeps killing it at some point he's smashing through that ceiling i'm i'm just waiting for the jason magnick game where he has three points or whatever well no the one where it's the exact opposite no, where, where he, he where, pulls a
2: Maltev. got it yeah.
1: yeah where he shits the bed dude where yeah. finally it catches up to him and he has the bad game and then they look at Mikhail maltsev crushing it and they're like is it time? Yeah. Not but, not rooting against Jason Megna, but like, just history has taught us like,
0: and and it's stacked against him, and that's what we talked about yesterday. Like, like honestly, until you get that kind of game out of Megna, and I really do, especially if Malzep continues to do what he's doing right now in the AHL. He hasn't been down there long enough that, you know, you're, you're thinking like, Oh, we have to get this guy up here. Like let him keep doing his thing. His issue right now is that Jason Megna and, and, and Kiefer sure would have been completely fine. Like we talked about it on yesterday's show. They've been totally passable. They're not hurting you on that fourth pairing. Rudo. to your point. Yeah. They're not uh fourth pairing fourth fourth line. They're not contributing much offensively. But they are getting by just fine. Um, and that's something the player that you initially were talking about, that's something Martin Coutts can have to overcome as well. He's just had too many NHL games where he's just been passable. Um, and and he's going to have to start taking that next step uh, to, to, to become a full time NHLer and not just on that Jason Megna, Kiefer Sherwood level.
2: So, uh, two weeks from now, let's say everyone continues to play just fine. And you throw Kubel's name in there and he's been just fine too. Who's the low man on the totem pole there? Is it Kubel? Is Martin Kout healthy? Sure. Well, let's say he's healthy two weeks. Like he's just, he's ready to come back
1: two weeks from now. I would say he goes back to the Eagles. Yep. Okay. Assuming in this, in this scenario, you said everybody else is playing just fine. You're yeah, not worrying correct. about it. Yeah. But Kowt goes back. Okay. So Count kind of the low man there at this point. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, then uh, today, would you say Kubel slots in as the 10th forward? Do you have Sherwood and Megna behind him or ahead of him?
0: I, I would have them behind him until they're not. And I know that's kind of a cheap kind of cop out answer. Um, but you know, until he goes out there and, and. Proves that he is kind of just on that same level. I think you give the guy the benefit of the doubt and say, pro pro uh, abs, pro scouting, who's done a pretty good job the last few years, see something in this guy and thinks that he fits into their system a little bit better. Um, and, and so I, I would kind of put him in that, in that 10th forward spot. I think if you, you know, just hypothetically, you get McKinnon back tomorrow. Um, I, I think you'd bump one of Sherwood or Megna out before you bump a Bay I would
1: say, uh, I would say Sherwood and Abe Kubel are both the twelfth guy.
0: Oh, so you put Magna ahead of those? Yeah, two? because
1: because right now he's he's centering he's the centered, fourth line, yeah. and that's yeah. that's it's why I've been like, look, I don't think any of the Abe Kubel stuff affects Jason Magna really at all. Sure, that's a great um, point.
0: The center thing is a great point.
1: Yeah, because if uh, in this world where all of them get healthy and Abe Kubel has killed it. Jason Meghna is getting sent down and Abe Kubel stays, but it's because Tyson Jost gets dropped to 4C and JT Confer is 3C or, you know, so, whatever. So you have this more separated into, you
2: have kind of a pod of Kout, Kubel, and Sherwood. Yes. And then a pod of... Jost, Megna, and maybe a little bit down that list, Maltsev, too.
1: Who yes. The Evs do want to play at center, so. Yeah, well, and and them giving Newhook that look. Newhook just slots into there. And somewhere, too, yeah. Look, I, I'm just going to say, I've, this feels like a controversial opinion today because everybody is loving on the guy, but I would say that I'm very, very doubtful that this first line is currently constructed stays for the next three weeks. Yeah, you're you're essentially yeah. running Landeskog as the center right now. It's Rantanen that's, in, that's the center. In, is it Rantanen? Yeah, it's Rantanen well. as the center right I mean, now.
2: Y- you can call whoever you want the center, but Landy does all the center work in the defensive zone.
1: <laughs> you will, and that was why on Saturday when they were when they were doing it, and I was in the arena, I was like, I'm pretty sure Rantanen's in the middle of this line. And then there was there was one shift where Rantanen took all the D. Uh, he was at three. And then there was another shift where it was Landy. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on at this point. I don't know what they're doing. All I know is that Logan O'Connor is definitely on
2: the right wing. If no yeah. one's the center, everybody is. All right. Big. Brain. Yeah.
1: And, and, yeah. and well, and then, you know, they were also like, they, they were not consistently together and their, their shifts were kind of broken up and it was just, it was kind of a jumbled mess. Sure. But, I I think that there's the possibility, hey, if you get three weeks into this uh, and Alex Newhook is playing lights out or is playing the way we expect him to competitive, dynamic, he's producing offensively, he's dangerous, he, I think there's a decent chance that he gets a look at that top line before all is said and done with McKinnon returning. Um, or, you know, uh, Kadri moves up and then, new hook also does on the second where, line or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Where I, I just think that we're talking to almost like separate depth charts. Um, When it comes to a guy like Abe Kubel, where whatever they're doing at center just doesn't, it doesn't have a huge impact on him. If he goes out there and, and plays to the good version of himself, he can win a job and he can stick because you do like you go into a playoff series, you have Rantanen, who uh, we would, would, I mean, power forward y. Yeah, for power sure. forward esque. Like there's, there are games, right, where he just physically dominates. He's got the there. ability to. Yeah. And so that's why I'm saying, like, there's a power element there. Burkowski, there isn't, but it's high skill. And then Logan O'Connor and Ave Kubel, each guy's are, the, they're, Little bowling balls, little wrecking balls that just smash into stuff. So at least one part of Avalanche forward core is going to have a consistent physical element. If if this group sticks, when do the Avs say enough with Jost? I don't know what the problem is with Tyson Jost. Yeah, I don't see where the issue
2: is. Jost continues to be a perfectly fine NHL player, yeah. regardless of his shortcomings.
1: Yeah, um, but he needs to produce more everybody we're all we're all happy we're all in agreement here he needs to produce more points but ultimately he's proven himself as a as a versatile and quality three zone player every team in the league has one if not multiple players in their bottom six that they say
2: boy I sure wish that dude scored more
1: yeah I wish if that guy could just finish some chances here and there. Yeah, if that guy just did a little bit more. I mean, you know who Seattle's hey, dude, saying hey, that about right now? Jonas oh <laughs> Uh
0: Well, I mean, that, and that's that's what we've talked about. AJ, you and I have talked about that for years. That's the the razor thin difference sometimes <laughs> between literally a full time NHLer and an AHL player, or a fringe NHL player and a top six forward is this guy can finish a little bit better this guy can put the puck in five more times a year whatever whatever um and it's you know people say you, know, you see people all the time on twitter and shit like oh joe needs to like scoring the nhl is really hard the fact Man. that tyson jose has found somewhere to be very effective on this avalanche team and and you, you know, you obviously you want him to produce more, but he's found a way to be effective, and that's that's huge. That's tough to do in the NHL. In, in your world of problems, he's just not, <laughs> yeah. not
1: on the list. Them, you know, like sure. yeah. you're you're
0: you're
1: you're sitting here saying, I wish this was better, yeah. but you're not going, Oh my god, what are we gonna do about this? Because if you look at his defensive impacts the last couple of years, as he's really embraced being a role player, dude is It's very, they're very good. They continue to be really, really, really good defensive impacts, especially on the PK, where he's just been one of Colorado's better players.
0: Well, and the other thing that to me has, has really impressed me with Tyson Jost over the last few years was his ability to recognize that he wasn't the type of player that maybe he thought he was at the NHL level or wanted to be at the NHL level. And he said, Hey, this isn't effective. I'm not finding success. And he pivoted his style of play. Um, Again, very difficult to do. Uh, I've always been impressed by that. Um, Really. I just want to get back to what AJ, you were talking about with, you know, kind of how, a lot of this roster makeup doesn't really affect Abe Kubel. And, um, you, you know, you look at that top line. One of the things that was really interesting to me about about Logan O'Connor, because I agree with you, I, th- I think it's going to be, LOC is going to have to play pretty special to have this stick for the full, you know, time that McKinnon is out, right? Um, he was at practice today. They were running five-on-five drills. And what he did really effectively was – he just, he helps their puck pursuit in the defensive zone. He was helping getting pucks out in transition Miko and, and Landy up ice onto offense. If he can do that effectively, keep that kind of pressure on pucks, especially if your other lines keep rolling, right? AJ, we talked about this yesterday. The Avs are desperate to find some level of consistency in their lineup. Um, And, and, and I just think that if, if you have those other lines going and if LOC is doing fine, cool, you keep it together. That all does just cascade down to is, is new hook gelling with, with Jost and Abe Kubel. Are they getting things going? Are the, are they contributing in one way or the other on the ice, whether it be defensively in the offensive zone, um, whatever. Is new hook outplaying LOC to the point where you can swap those two. And now kind of, you've got that, what you would kind of say, or or what you said a minute ago would kind of be your perfect fourth line in the future of Jost, Abe Kubel, and LOC, like I, I just think there's going to be some really interesting looks over the next few weeks, um, and and I, I do, I think they're going to try to find some line consistency, and if they can get even a single stroke of health luck here, um, maybe find a few combinations that you can roll, you know, again well, with with some regularity.
2: I think part of that is uh, the one line you don't want to touch at all right now is the F second line, right? Yeah. Kadri has been rolling since Berkey came back from his injury. He's been much, much better. And now you've just gotten nuke back and he's dropped in. Like it's no problem at all. Yeah. So you have this weird, like jump where you're asking a guy to go from the third line to the first, whether it's Logan O'Connor or new hook or whoever. And no matter I'm who does even. that. Yeah. They, even comfort falls into the same category where you're saying that's a huge jump for a guy and yeah. expectations are tough on and anyone trying to do that. So,
0: well, and, and, and we talked about that with Com for, for what the one game that he got to play yeah, there before, yeah. he covered, where, you know, we've seen him do this many times in his career. He jumps up to that top line and it's whatever, but he usually struggles. If, if you, if you go beyond the eye test and start looking at some of his, you know, more advanced numbers, he moves to that top line and he definitely struggles. Um, and, and so it's going to be interesting with assuming you want to keep that second line together, anybody that they're plugging in on that top line, you know, someone in chat just said, you know, putting, um, you know, Kubell there, it, it's going to be a struggle for anybody. Um, you know, they've tried Jost there in the past. Um, new, new hooks really the only one who hasn't ever gotten that look there in, and, and you know, LOC who's about to get his look, uh, his first look tomorrow. Um, and unless it goes catastrophic, I imagine they at least give him, tomorrow and, and and Friday as a look. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's totally realistic that you could see new hook there. You could see them try Jost there. And if things really aren't looking, I guess they could break up that second line. But um, that's a great point, Rudo. Going from the bottom six to not only a top six role, but a top line role with a couple players that other teams will absolutely play shut down lines against. It's going to be interesting. And, and like I said, what I saw from O'Connor today is what I think he's going to have to do. Hey, when this line gets into the defensive zone, you need to be on pucks. You need to win board battles, and you need to get that line moving up ice. Yeah, and he can focus going, on doing that.
1: Going from going from playing a fourth line where success is defined by an offensive zone faceoff, not giving up a goal, getting the puck out, getting it deep, killing a you know killing a shift, versus success is defined as you score points. Yeah. You put, you put, you put goals in, yep. uh, you, you know, you drive offense, change it, 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 it changes where you put your energy and how you play the game and what your focus is and your drive. And, you know, you've got a 50, you've got 50 seconds on the ice to do something. Um, uh, when you're playing next to those two guys, you can't just be got an offensive zone face off. Mm-hmm. Because now you're taking two of your best scores off the ice for well, that, for the next face off. And you have to be able to do
2: something. I think that's the key because every line in the league that has to play against that line is going to look at it and go, great. we Double team Rantanen. We put a guy on Landy, manage the defenseman. Logan O'Connor, if you're going to take a shot from the top of the circles, I dare you. That's the shot we want this line to take is yeah.
1: Logan O'Connor being. Well, the and, that, that, and then the opposing teams, all they're saying is just like, Logan O'Connor. We'll give him the puck.
0: Yeah, right. That will
1: give that up.
0: And that's where again, I, I it falls on O'Connor. He he he's AJ. You said it perfectly yesterday. You're on this top line. Do not change a thing that you've done all season. You've gotten this opportunity because yeah. you're going to the net. You're 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 starting to contribute. You know, we talked about yesterday. He's already had a career high in points for this season. Twelve games in. I don't. I'm not saying that production line. You know, half point a game keeps up, but. Cool. If teams are going to let you shoot, shoot. He scored a beautiful goal just a few games ago, you know, with, with, with a, with a clean look in, you know, in in the home plate area, if teams are going to let him do that, don't do what you see young guys do all the time when they play, um, you know, up in the lineup, don't defer, do what has made you successful, go to the net, be hard on pucks, um, you know, battle below the goal line and, and, and he's going to be fine. Um, If he starts trying to change what he's doing because suddenly he feels a different response, like then it's going to go poorly. And, and teams will let him give that shot because like what we saw with Sam Girard for a bunch of games this year, they're not afraid that he's going to shoot Logan O'Connor needs to put the puck on net and, and just continue to be what he's been all season. And um, if he's doing that and you got guys doubling up Miko and they're letting Logan O'Connor walk down the slot. Cool.
2: Yeah, works I mean, for me. At the end of the day, we'll find out how well it works or not. Uh, so, if it works great, if it's not, next man up kind of situation essentially. Um in any case, we are brought to you all by StravaCraft Coffee, the CBD infused coffee that has helped with migraines, aches and pains, IBS, a ton of other things as well. So give them a try today and get 25% off when you use code DNVR25 on your first purchase. If you're not sure about it, you can also try it down at the DNVR bar. Come get a cold brew there. And if you like it, then you can order as much as you want. If you get their subscription service, you get 20% off for as long as you are subscribed. Then once you've had your coffee, you can uh, you can bust out your steaks with Hassel Cattle Company. You can try their Wagyu Burger along with the coffee down at the bar. That's absolutely delicious. Every time I go to the bar now, someone tells me how good it is. So jump on it. Uh, you can actually get 15% off right now at Hassel with their... Um, holiday deal it's just code dnbr15 so jump on that extra 5% off with the code and if you order over $200 maybe you're having the whole family in and you want steaks instead of turkey or something you get free shipping to boot so check out hasslecattlecompany.com today and last but just certainly not least you can check out chevalier mortgage both mike and virginia been in the home purchasing business for a very long time here in Colorado, more than just home purchasing. If you already own a home, you can look at refinancing and making things work for you with prices way up in Colorado right now. Believe me, I've been looking and nothing is cheap at the moment. So if you need help navigating those waters, Mike is a certified financial planner. He can get you the exact right home loan for your entire situation and not put you in a tough spot. When it comes to buying a house and uh, not having any money, nobody wants that. So they'll take care of you. Go to dnvrmortgage.com to get a free consultation and a chance to win yourself some free DNVR merch as well. Again, really love these guys. Can't recommend enough. They are super duper awesome. Uh, Yeah. Check them out today at dnvrmortgage.com or call Virginia at this phone number that i'm definitely not looking up right now because i don't have it memorized three zero three two five seven six five seven eight michael chevalier nmls one nine three one zero zero six virginia chevalier nmls one nine one zero six three one all right third period of the dnvr avalanche podcast p.s keep an eye out on uh the dnvr website tonight we got some pretty uh pretty cool stuff coming for you if you're a prospect nerd uh, be sure to check out some of the stuff that gets posted later today. So give us a follow on uh DNVR avalanche on Twitter. If you want to keep your eyes on that.
1: Yeah. Yes. Do that. Do it. I'm, uh, I'm excited to see, uh, I'm excited to see what we got. Yeah. Should be
2: fun. Should, should have some, uh, some interesting stuff. Anyway, getting back into the AVS lineup, AJ, you were talking about it before the show tomorrow will be the Avs icing their 19th forward already this season with Knack. So the injuries have clearly provided a pretty aggressive rotation of forward so far. Um, but yeah, you're kind of in this weird limbo right now, right? Where we've talked about, oh, look at what the Avs lineup could be when it's healthy. But there's also the very real possibility that it's just never fully healthy. And that's where having these depth options like Kubel, like Kout, like Amaltsev become more interesting conversations. Because yes. – go ahead if you want.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean –
2: because you get to get 15 of Magna, right? Yeah,
1: you're th- well. you're 13 games in and you're about to use your 19 or your 12, you're you're going into your 13th game and you're using your 19th forward. Yeah. Honestly, you've got to be you've got to be happy that you where you you're where you are. Yep. You know that and and it's not you know, every every member of your top line has missed um every member of your really I think it's Cadry's like the only one. All of your top yeah. six except Kadri has missed games. Oh, yeah. Um. So you're really... <laughs> your bottom six has been a total freak show. Yep. From the beginning. I think that it's just... I actually like the lineup probably right now. In the bottom six more, more, than... more More than what I would have expected had you told me that they would be using 19 forwards in 13 games. Um, I really I'm I really like Abe Cabell. I think that he's a guy that fits he seriously, seriously fits what they need and kind of who they are. And if they can if he can just chill out on the penalties, if he can just not go crazy with that. And he can be just a decent offensive contributor. Him going out there and really going nuts on a four check and just making the abs a little harder to play against. It's what they need so badly because the Jason Megna's and the keeper Sherwood's, they're not hurting them. Well, they're not helping them Mm -hmm. between those guys. They have one point and it was Jason Megna having a puck deflect off of him. Right to Sam Gerard. Right to who Sam Gerard.
2: Unbelievable play. Right. Yeah.
1: Who went? Who who went and made a play? And he, and Jason McKinnon, picked up a free point. You know, and and it's. Uh, they just, I think that they've raised. I think when. Look, it, if if McKinnon and Compher come back, the floor of this forward core, I think, has gotten better by a, 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 and, a good margin the x factor remains alex newhook does yep. alex newhook pop off is it does he go crazy if he keeps playing like he did the last two games watch if, out if that's if that's more of what we see than not cuz you know it won't be every night there'll of be course. there'll be quiet games or whatever it's got but i just build on it though right i mean as long as as long as i did, look and that did, were any three of us doubters of alex newhook coming into this year as like a gonna be a productive nhl player were any of us talking about him as a Calder guy? Because I don't I don't think any of us were. I, I YOLOed it in my uh, my predictions. Was that nonsense. your bold prediction? Of the yeah. I don't worry about those. I, I so like, yeah. he's he, ranting in to win the heart, so who cares?
0: <laughs> like, he, he's someone that I really thought that if he would have come out the way he was playing the playoffs last year, I, he was someone that I was like, well, he could put himself in that conversation. But no, I didn't actually think he going to solidify himself as a Calder candidate. He
2: was super interesting as a Calder candidate after Byfield got hurt, and if you just forget about Moritz Seider, and if and Lucas, Lucas Raymond, Raymond doesn't yeah. decide to play. <laughs> you you, have, you really have to stretch to see Newhook really get into that. Right,
1: like, like Bowen Byram had put himself in the conversation temporarily, but it wasn't like... He had to keep playing like that. Yeah, to you're to like, say, oh, this yeah. like Lucas Raymond is going to continue, you know. Like, he's playing a huge role for the Red Wings, and these other guys are not for the Avs. Uh, and I think that's where – I like the forward core, man. I like the forward core. I, I, I think that they – I want to see how they survive with no Nathan McKinnon. I really want to see Miko and take some games over. Because we haven't really seen an extended stroke. We've seen McKinnon without Rantanen, and McKinnon just keeps rolling. Yep. But I want to see Miko without Mac. Well, and you
2: see, you saw Miko the other night, where
1: the Avs handled their business, but
2: Miko really didn't do a ton offensively.
1: He wasn't... Did, did they end up changing that goal to him? I actually have not come back and checked. I haven't checked yet, either. I For Miko? Check.
0: Yeah. They did.
1: They took away the... Yeah, there's no Miko goals. No, yeah, no, they did not change it.
0: Wait, wait, which which one are you talking about?
1: Not the one that they took from Comfer.
0: Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
1: Against the Sharks.
0: Oh, okay, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry.
1: sorry. Yeah, no, they did not. It, the Burakovsky goal, the fifth goal, it looked like it went off his pants, and they didn't change that. Anyway, he didn't do much. Um, and I'd like to see more of that, because Nazem Kadri is not going to continue to put up three-point nights for you. But I tell you, as long as as long as it doesn't really matter who it is, as long as every night someone's doing, heavy is lifting, doing it. Yeah. yeah. That's that's how they're gonna get through this. That's how they're gonna get by. And I really think leaning on that defense is the key. I just yep. shut it down defensively. And you know, I joked last week, lean into your defense and Win two one, well, and then they went out and they scored seven and then six goals. And they were also due for a little bit of finishing luck because they'd been lacking it the entire the entire season. It's, but, it's
2: funny the same way you talk about the top line is like oh well you know if McKinnon's not going tonight you have Rantanen or Landeskog or whatever and that's how the defense feels now yeah they don't have Byram maybe but you have McCar. if McCar's not going you have Taves if Taves not going you have Gerard who over the last couple of games obviously Gerard has come back to what people expected of him to be with 7 points in 3 games yeah obviously outrageous over the last couple of games but a, a nice little reminder that Gerard is is just fine so
1: yeah it was a it was a this is the guy that other teams would line up to trade for if the apps were serious about hey let's put this guy on the market we talked about the Super Chat a little
2: bit, but we can touch on a little bit more. Did you get the impression from his interview yesterday that Knack was miscast as a grinder in Philly and maybe the Avs scouting staff saw that?
0: I, I no. think that's what the Avs scouting staff is banking on.
1: I mean, I think he's going to be a grinder in Colorado, so no. But I, I just think that when a coaching staff is kind of out on a guy, they start looking... It's, 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 it's kind of like when you're dating somebody that you just kind of like, and once, once the switch flips in your head where you're like, we're still dating. I still like, there are still reasons that I like this person, but you're kind of, you start nitpicking them now and the red flags start stacking up. You start looking for them. You start looking for reasons to be on the outs with that person. I think it's the same thing with the coaching staff and depth guys once they, once they've decided that they're out on them and it was pretty clear that Vigneault was out on them uh, when they started claiming guys like Zach McEwen on waivers, it was like, eh, they're moving on. They're, they're looking to get rid of this guy. And I just think that once you start, it, it snowballs downhill, you know, that once, once the relationship deteriorates, there's no jump starting that. So I think that's where, you know, I don't I don't I don't want to say miscast. I don't I don't think that miscast is probably correct because I don't think they're gonna ask him to do tons differently in Colorado. Like him being on PowerPoint one for the time being isn't super meaningful. If he stays there, then you wonder, hey Philly, like what were you guys doing?
0: <laughs> what did you miss? Yeah, you
1: know, like how did you miss this badly on this? But Otherwise, I, I I don't know that miscast is is appropriate. He's not going to be a top six guy in Colorado. He's not going to be a he's not going to be a big time point guy. He shouldn't be, I should say. We don't really. He's had such a he's had such a, a career of extremes that it's you don't really know what you're getting. Uh, chances are against you getting a high impact guy. You're just hoping for the best, really. Like you're just you're hoping that you get a guy that 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 can fill a small role for you. So I don't I don't think miscast is a fair assessment. I just because they're gonna ask him to do the same thing in Colorado.
0: All right. Yeah, it's not like spent Andrew Ghetto when they picked him up uh a few years ago and he went from being on Montreal's fourth line to for that last like 20 games of the season, they dropped him on their first line. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not gonna be the same thing as that. I don't expect there to be. I
1: mean, 16 points in 19 games for Sven, you know. No, I know it, it was interesting, right? And then that's that's what I'm Sven, saying. Like, he ended up super miscast on the fourth <laughs> line at the end of his Colorado 10. You're like, this Sven Andrangado can't do this. Like, come right. on, this is not cool,
0: right? And, and what I'm saying is, I don't think you're gonna end up with that t- same type of situation where. Literally just dropping him in somewhere different in your lineup is going to make a huge difference. I don't think they're going to drop yeah. him in anywhere different in the lineup than what he was really in in Philly, um, especially when this team's back to fully healthy. Um, so unless he kind of <clears throat> takes advantage of him being on this first power play unit for a game or two, um, and, and you know, you know, unless him and New Hook start popping off or something like that, it's up to him to prove if he was miscast. I think the abs are going to drop into a very similar role. And if he wants to prove I was miscast and playing with a team that plays with more speed, more North South um, is what fits better for me. Then that's up to him to prove.
2: All right. I think we're wrapping things up here. Um, I'm not planning on watching the live action Cowboy bebop. Every time a cartoon or anime, whatever you want to call it gets changed into a live action show, it's, Usually an unmitigated disaster. In yeah.
1: Also, so, the abs are getting shut out by Grubauer on Friday. So true. But it's the most most predictable thing you already know that's in the coming. world. Yeah. Philip Grubauer badly struggling and then goes up against the abs in his for in the, their first well, matchup of the year and look, well, it's going to he's going to lock it down, dude.
0: It's one of two ways for Grubauer. Grubauer is either going to play out of his mind, the curse of the ex-ab, or his season is going to go from like, wow, this is really disappointing to absolutely horrific. If they hang like this guy
1: on him, how much
2: for how long?
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it go any going any other way, either than shut out or they just fucking smoke. him. Thankfully
2: that game is on Friday. So it doesn't ruin our Saturday slate at
0: least yeah uh got that i for us uh, i think i mentioned it yesterday on the show i will be in seattle uh covering the game for us uh so make sure you're on the DNVR.com. we actually just had our meeting right before this show uh we got all kinds of cool stuff planned and aj's in dallas next week all kinds of cool stuff planned for that um so make sure you guys are following along we're gonna have uh have a ton of fun on these road trips
2: Lots of lots of bomb stuff coming for today's show. We are done though. Thank you for watching. Hope y'all enjoyed. Be sure to like and subscribe here on YouTube. That helps us out a ton. And yeah, we'll be back tomorrow post game. And uh, going forward, you know, you know the drill. We got we're doing six shows this week, right? Five shows? I don't know. Anyway, this week we're live all the time. Days blend together. I don't know anything anymore. Uh, you know we'll be here. We hope to see you on the next one. Until then, we'll talk to you later.